You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 125. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Today, we're going to jump into physical fitness and nutrition because People in my tribe who follow me, my Instagram followers, you guys definitely know, this has been like the summer of getting my body right. 2020 pandemic year, lots of being locked away in the house. When I look back at my 2020 from the moment my job furloughed me until the new year, I remember looking back, even as it was happening and realizing like, I didn't really take, I didn't, nothing much changed about my life other than the fact that I didn't have to go to the restaurant anymore. I was still seeking to grow my speaking business, grow my coaching business, grow my grow my um, my footprint in the addiction recovery world. I was still running the College Success Habits podcast, which I literally just got done shooting. I, to me, it was still Monday through Friday, get up, sit down in front of the computer, and really just start working on my business myself. You know, it's it, working on my addiction recovery and working on my career. I've intertwined them so much that they're both one and the same to me. And, you know, whether it's reading a book or learning something new. And I, every time I learn anything, I learn it with the intent of teaching it back. And I was talking to Kaylin about this recently, one of my tribe members. It's just, even as, even as a young child, I would want to read a history book and then I would take this just the most studious notes and then I would go down and talk with my mom or my dad or somebody in class about it and really I wanted to have the information down I didn't want anyone to ever say no that's not right that's wrong you read it wrong or you didn't right like I didn't want to be wrong I wanted to be that a plus student and I, I know there was some you know dad with the belt and in the punishment for not getting straight A's definitely led me to wanting to be studious and, and know what I knew Right, even now when it comes to the podcast, I have to be mindful that sometimes I'm just going to say things that are more my opinion and they're less factual, but it's just the way that I believe or I feel, and it's just my own my own thought process. And I'll get some people who want to reject some of the things I talk about, and they'll DM me or email me and say, "Well, this is wrong," and I'm like, "Well, what we're discussing right now are opinions." <laughs> And, and thoughts and beliefs that we're creating around what we've experienced in our lives. So I'm not wrong because I'm talking about what my personal experiences are. And you're not wrong because you're talking about what your personal experiences are. They're just different. And that's respecting the other person's model of the world. So when it comes to physical fitness and nutrition, and the way that I, I talk about a lot of this stuff, uh, for me, it's worked. For the, for the hundreds of people that I've coached around this, it's worked. Right for the for the people who have gone off and followed the the people I learned this from, it's worked, and we all have our own ways that that food interacts with our bodies. And I don't know much about how hormones play into it, and or how a thyroid plays into it. Right, there's just other, when I when people say, "Well, I've got this, 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 and this," I'm like, "Okay, you've you've got health issues. I'm not even." I, I'm not even remotely familiar with, and therefore you should go find someone who's more familiar with those, who can help train you and get you to the place you, you're seeking, because they've got a background in that. I'm not going to go do 50 hours of thyroid research in order to be your coach. Like there's somebody else out there who's already done thousands of hours of thyroid research. They're your coach, and I would highly recommend you find that person. Right. So there's a certain kind of uh, client, there's a certain kind of friend that is going to approach me and say, "Look, I've seen what you've accomplished. I want some of that." 
And so when we talk about this today, we I just want you to realize that I, I'm not familiar with every single possible health issue and hormonal thing that could be happening in someone's body that might cause them to hold on to an extra 50, 75, 100 pounds. I do know that a lot of it is mindset. I do know a lot of it is, is just us telling ourselves, well, this is how I've always been, so this is how I'll always be. And But when I see a seven-year-old child that, according to some health guidelines, is already obese, and then I see parents walking that child around who are themselves obese, I realize that the nutrition plan, the nutrition strategy that this child is being raised with in their home is probably one full of sugary snacks and sugary beverages. And you you put that into a child's body for the first 15, 20 years of their life, and of course there's going to be some health issues that, that arise. Of course there's going to be some mindset blocks that are created around the kind of body they may or may not ever be able to have. This is why alcohol, drugs, food, sex, gambling, porn, these things, are they all go after that same serotonin dopamine center in the brain. Uh, I once did an episode about how like happiness is like 33 feet or something. I forget the title of it. But basically, the length of our intestines is where a lot of um, that our serotonin is in. A lot, a lot of uh, those dopamine centers that bring us happiness and, and that hormonally even keel the body out are actually located in the gut. So when you're constantly feeding yourself poisonous foods, which is, you know, trust me, if you're eating two, 300 grams of sugar a day, you're feeding yourself a ton of poison. The body just doesn't, doesn't need that. And it starts messing with glucose levels and the liver and the kidneys have to work over time. And it's a lot of things. So just as we talk about this, just realize, I, I, you know, I, I don't have 12 years. I did go to college for 12 years, but I'm not a doctor. And so when it comes to if you've got thyroid this or you've got this, that or the other and you've got diabetes, then right, there's going to be some things that you would need to check with a medical professional before you started to shift your nutrition strategy around. But there's definitely some things we can start talking about around mindset. Right. So when you start to think about the word diet, it's got the word die in it. So I, I'm very, very particular about using nutrition strategy, nutrition habits, nutrition plan. We don't seek to lose weight. We're releasing it or shedding it. You lose your keys, you lose your mind, you want to find those things again. Whenever you release something like a fish into the river, it's like, bye-bye fish, right? I'm not so sure I love that metaphor because if you're a fisherman, you'd be okay catching the same fish again. So... Uh, one of my friends told me shed because her cat sheds fur. Cat doesn't go around trying to gather all the fur back up and sticking it back on its body. Once it's shed, it's gone. A snake sheds its skin and go and moves away from it. So perhaps shed is better than release. We're working on that one, but definitely either one of those two options is better than the word lose. So we're we're seeking to release and shed weight rather than lose weight. It's a nutrition strategy, habit, or plan. Right, so those are those are two very keys that I, I, I use. And right, and then the third one is it's not a cheat meal, it's an exception meal. You cheat on someone, there's a guilt there. 
There should be, unless you're a sociopath. So there's going to be some sort of remorse for cheating on someone, for cheating on a test, for cheating your your business. So there should be some level of remorse. There should at least be some acknowledgement in the head that what you're doing right now isn't right. You might still do it. You might still not beat yourself up over it. But at least you need to be have you need to have enough empathy for the world around you to realize that cheating a, a business or a person out of money or cheating on your loved one isn't right. You might still do it. You may not even hate yourself for it, but at least you know it's not great to be doing. All right. So cheat isn't a great word to use whenever you're 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 deviating from your nutrition strategy because you're not. It's planned. So therefore it's an exception meal. It's it's an exception day where all of a sudden you're like, okay, I can be a little bit more mindful today and I can instead of just eating seventeen hundred and fifty calories, I get to eat twenty-four. And it's very important for the body to once in a while be able to go back up in calories. Uh, a lot of people are under this misguided idea that each day is its 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 own it's its 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 own entity when it comes to the body. But in my in my research in my ten thousand plus hours on this, the body's actually working on like a three to seven day cycle, and so each day it's 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 shedding one day from the past, but it's picking up another day now, right? So what I've eaten over the last three days is actually affecting how my body feels now. What I've eaten over the last seven days is still having effect. This is why if you eat a ton of sugar for a week and then you start trying to wean yourself off of it, which is better than cold turkey because you've developed all these microbiomes in your belly that feed off of sugar. So if you slowly wean yourself off sugar and then and then also incorporate carrots or or Brussels sprouts or broccoli, then the microbiomes in the belly that feed on broccoli and carrots and Brussels sprouts, they begin to propagate. They begin to grow. I mean, we're talking about microscopic organisms here. They can literally multiply by the, the, by the millions in a day. And then the sugar ones will begin to die off, the ones that we're feeding off the M&Ms, because there's particular microbiomes that grow that eat certain things in our belly that help us digest them. And then, so the less sugar you have, the, and the more vegetables you incorporate, the more at some point you really start to crave vegetables. Like I can eat broccoli till the day is long. Some days are better than others, right? It doesn't mean that I'm not dipping it in some Greek yogurt with some ranch powder, but I'm still eating the healthy, fibrous vegetables. Right? And I always have at least two to three servings on my dinner plate to make sure that I'm getting, you know, that it just, to me, I just know it's healthy. It, it tastes okay. It doesn't have to taste like French fries. If broccoli tasted like French fries, then broccoli wouldn't be broccoli. It'd be fucking French fries. So <laughs> stop thinking that everything is supposed to be delicious. I one of, one of my favorite sayings is that some days food is just fuel. Doesn't to me not every single meal needs to be like the second coming of, of Christ coming down and blessing me for eating healthily. No. Some days, some meals, they're just fuel. And I and I and I'm okay with that. I'm not even I'm beyond okay with it. I'm I'm I love that. Some days I just eat because the body needs fuel. Other days it's like, oh my goodness, you know, it, it's it's like I've worked so hard all week. I can't wait to go to that restaurant and have that cheeseburger and french fries and milkshake. I this is going to be so awesome. And it becomes that carrot stick I put out there for myself. Now, as we dive into this, realizing I'm already 11 minutes into this and 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 uh, it's funny I'm I'm recently learning more about time. 
and how some people are relationship based in their time and time really just, it has less of an impact on them. And that's why they show up late to meetings. And that's why they show up late to dinner dates and lunch dates because they have a more relational, uh, relational relationship with time. I'm more task oriented with time. So everything to me sort of gets broken down into like, can I do the podcast in 30 minutes? Because my listeners have other things they want to do. And then some of you are more relational in your time. And you're like, dude, you could talk for three hours. I'd listen. So moving past that, just little sidebar. You know, I know you love my Jesse Mogul diatribe sidebars. So, um, where was I at? Um, okay. Yes. So there is a, there's a, there's an account on Instagram reaction recovery run by this guy named Jeff. Super love his content. His heart's absolutely positively in the right place. He puts out great information. He, he sparks my thinking. He teaches me new things. Um, if you're out there looking for someone else to follow on Instagram, I would highly recommend Reaction Recovery. I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the name of it. Um, yeah, just uh, there's certain people I'll shout out once in a while because there are people I when anytime I get on Instagram, I'm like, yeah, I like the way that this person talks about recovery. He brought up food and and intermittent fasting the other day. And it start, it's, it, it's because a lot of people just are looking for reasons to get mad. <laughs> There's a lot of heat seekers is what I call those people. They're just, they're just looking for the heat, so they seek it. A lot of people got on there and wanted to try to argue the merits of intermittent fasting versus, a, you know, versus eating three to six times a day. And I've been intermittent fasting for years. Even when I was a drunk, I intermittent fasted. I, I loved doing it. I don't necessarily need breakfast. Uh, some days I, if I start to crave some breakfast and it's, it's the right time to do it, I'll eat some breakfast. And other days I'll just drink a cup of coffee and, and drink a bunch of water. And then I'm okay with that too. Like just now. Totally pause the thing to drink some water. And that's the thing, too, is a lot of times when we think we're hungry, what it is is the body's dehydrated. You should be drinking 64 to 128 ounces of water a day. The health guidelines that somebody out there created says eight, eight-ounce glasses of water. That's half of a gallon. You should be Your body is often dehydrated. I remember reading a really great article that says that society at large is just generally walking around dehydrated. And most kids are absolutely dehydrated. They don't drink enough water, and whenever they are drinking and consuming liquids, it's, it's sugar-based. And sugar-based doesn't absorb into the body the same way. This is why I stopped drinking sports drinks a long time ago, and I'd rather just drink water, because at least it's absorbing. Do I pee a lot? Yes, I pee a ton. I drink a gallon of water a day. I call it a bumblebee of water, because I have a gigantic jug that I bought that's yellow with black stripes. It looks like a bumblebee. I post a, I'll post a picture of it soon on Instagram, because... I love my bumblebee. <laughs> one of my listeners named Craig, who lives in Birmingham, England, asked about the bumblebee on one of my posts recently, and I was on. I, I did a I did a discovery call with him, and he was there to see me pour water from my bumblebee into this large water carafe that I carry around everywhere that I drink out of. So, um, the point of well, where was I, where was I going with all that? Um, I absolutely don't remember. There we go. Coming out of another pause, reaction recovery and Jeff. So he brings up intermittent fasting and the heat seekers come out and they, they're trying to figure this all out. And the, the, the right huge debate ensues. What Where he wasn't clear was that he was talking about people in early recovery, people coming straight out of you know uh, addiction into sobriety and how be less worried about what you're what – your, uh, what you're like, just – Release the idea of trying to lose weight right when you step into addiction, recovery, sobriety. 
right? You're trying to get your body right. And my dad was an addiction recovery counselor for over 30 years. And that's what he told me to expect in my first year of sobriety. He's like, dude, your body is fucked. Your body has been screwed over by you for 22 years. You're going to have a lot of massive physical changes over this first year. So focus on just getting your body right. And that's what I did. Three days after I checked into Kaiser, I went back to Equinox and I got my gym membership loaded up there and I started going to the gym five days a week. There were some days, and I was talking about this with Craig from the UK the other day, I'd go sit in the gym for two, three hours because I just, I didn't want to be at home. I didn't want to be in my room where all the addiction had happened. I just needed to be out of my room. I'd go walk on the treadmill for three hours and just drink water and, and watch videos on my phone, listen to music. I'd just go sit on a bench or go sit on the row machine and just sit there and daydream about the life that I was going to create for myself now that I was sober. I hid out in the gym a lot those first three months. It just felt good to me, um, whether I was actually working out or whether I was just doing just just chilling. And I remember taking some really amazing classes where it's like I was getting my ass whipped by everybody in there. I mean, I could barely push a sandbag across the floor, and I was sweating. The first six weeks, I could barely hold normal water or food down. Like, my body was dying, dying. I mean, if you've heard the story, if you, I've talked about it a ton. I mean, waking up in that bathtub on that Thursday, January 12th, and just being covered in my own filth, and my heart was palpitating. It was My left arm was going numb. I, I looked yellow, and I'd either look yellow or super white and pale. It was just my body was dying. So I spent that first year just being extremely mindful of feeding my body the right nutrients. And as the months turned into even more months, I was really able to start getting back into a swing of things, getting my intermittent fasting back on, eating a ton of healthy vegetables and, and fruits and, and nuts and, and proteins and, and, and even the healthy carbs. And I was just very mindful. And there's some pictures floating around somewhere on my Instagram and Facebook of my transition from going from 233 pounds to 163 pounds. And it took about 18 months. And there was about a six-month period in there where I was dating a woman, and I stopped caring as much about releasing weight, and I just kept more about maintaining it. So there was about a six-month period there where I got stalled around the uh, mid to low 170s, where I easily could have achieved that 163 number had I just stayed focused on it, right? So the time is not of any importance here other than if somebody hears, wow, it took you a year and a half to release 60 pounds, you could, some you know, in theory, you can do it in about a year because you can lose in a healthy way about a pound to two pounds a week, depending on how, um, how big you show up to the scenario in. And look, I coach hundreds of people on this stuff. If this is something that you want to know more about, go over to my bio link and either of my Instagram accounts, Jesse Mogul or from Sobriety to Recovery, and let's set up a discovery call. We can discuss it, right? I'm just, I, I got my 10,000 hours of, of knowledge about this, and I never once took a nutrition, uh, got a nutrition degree. I've taken tons of nutrition classes. I was a personal trainer for seven years. There was a lot of nutrition-based stuff we had to study then. I just didn't go off and get a degree from a university. So if you think that I need to have one of those to be taken seriously, that's awesome too. Go find somebody who did that. When it comes to the conversation that got started, Jeff wasn't clear about how intermittent fasting might work for some people, but it may not work for other people. And he was talking about those immediately getting into recovery, but he intentionally left it vague just to spark the interaction and it totally worked. 
what I think is important is that, and you're going to hear everybody say this, that no one size fits all. But then the moment somebody says that, then what they end up doing is saying, well, here's the way I did it. And they say it to you in a way that basically says, if you don't do it this way, you're going to fail. And this is one of the beautiful things about working with so many different clients, right? You know, I've got one female who's 250 pounds trying to get down to 200 and one day she'll be ready to get down to 150 wherever she wants to go. I have somebody else who showed up at 135, just wanted to get to 120 and that's a dude, 19, almost 20 years old. Like there's a, there's a huge variation here, but what always works, what, what I've found consistent is by Monitoring your calories in versus your calories out, keeping your your deficit less uh, right around that 500 range so that you don't put yourself into a starvation mode and that you drink copious amounts of water, you get yourself high protein, you hit your calories every day so that your body is getting a consistent amount of fuel into it. And you will be, and you will begin to transition your body into a, a machine that is ready to release and shed weight rather than hold on to it. I cannot tell you how many times I've come across a female client who has been starving themselves to keep themselves at 1,200 calories a day just to turn around. And once I say, well, let's let's actually figure out what your numbers are, and their numbers actually turn out to be 2,200, once we get them to start eating 2,200, they actually start to release and shed weight. When you starve yourself down to 1,200 calories, expect your body to want to hold on to nutrients and fat because it's like, oh my God, we might die if we don't get enough food today. This is why you see so many people ultimately fail, even because they, they, because they, they try to restrict themselves too much. Even the guidelines that say 2,000 calories is good for uh, the average person to eat per day, that's if you're trying to maintain a 133-pound body. I've got a client right now who's got 262 on his frame, right? When we did his numbers, it's up in like the 3,800s. And he's like, there's no way I'm going to be able to release weight if I'm eating 3,800 calories a day. I'm like, well, how much do you think you've been eating lately? He's like, I don't know, 2,000. I'm like, and how much weight are you losing? I'm not losing any. I'm gaining. Exactly. Because your body is turned into scarcity mode and it's starting to hold on to things. So... And again, I'm throwing out so many different varied topics here, and I love talking about fitness and nutrition. So I'm going to tell you guys what worked for me, and then if you want to discuss that further, you know how to find me. I, I, I want to wrap up the loop with the with the reaction recovery post. Is that depending on where you're at, depending on what what you are ready to achieve? Yes, when you're first into sobriety, I absolutely believe that you should just be feeding your body nutrition. Right, start to to wean off the fast food. Start to wean off the pre-prepared frozen dinners in the in the in the freezer section, and start actually learning how to make real food for yourself. It's not hard to throw a chicken breast in an air fryer or on a grill or in the oven for 25 minutes, and it comes out and is delicious. You throw throw a little bit of uh, hell if you don't know how to cook any kind of vegetables. Frozen vegetables in the bag by bird's eye are better than no vegetables at all. But throw but cutting up some vegetables with two tablespoons of olive oil and putting that over medium heat and flipping that around for 10 minutes and you're going to have some delicious vegetables. Put a little salt, put a little pepper, and boom, you're eating healthy all of a sudden. Throw a couple ounces of dry noodles into a boiling pot of water and boom, now all of a sudden you're eating like an adult, right? And a lot of us 
we weren't very mindful of our nutrition and addiction. It was just like, please just let my body have enough strength to get through this shift so I can make some money so I can go get some more booze and drugs. There's a huge shift that starts to happen. And I'm jumping you guys past a lot of these shifts because I'm on episode 125. For If you're new to the show and you just found me just now and this is the first episode you're ever looking at, you're probably thinking, man, one, this dude's talking way too fast. And two, where the hell, I don't even understand some of these words he's saying. You probably want to go back and listen to some of the other episodes to just get more familiar with how I talk, and then you'll be able to understand the mindset. We we work a lot of mindset here. And I do realize at some point I want to go back through my 125 and counting episodes and really start to pluck out the ones that I think I would consider to be foundational. And then I'm going to build an entire web page of those. So in the future, when I say, hey, go check out my foundational page, you'll just be able to go over to jessemogul.com and go to, the, go to the foundational page. And then there will be a list of like 20, 30 different podcasts that really give you a foundation for how it is. Uh, I believe sobriety and recovery it can be achieved so much just in the most powerful way, utilizing NLP, using growth mindset strategies so much, so much. I got this idea from Brooke Castillo because she talks about how her first 20 episodes, she says to her new listeners, hey, if you just found me, go back, listen to the first 20 episodes and you'll and then you'll understand more about what I'm referencing now. So she may have had a plan for her first 20 episodes. I was just sort of talking back then. I was just putting together a, a very much of an audio vlog of my addiction recovery journey starting at year, you know, when I started the show at year two. Now we're in, you know, into my fifth year and so much of my, my sobriety and recovery has been habituated on the good side. And so I'm going to wrap up on this and I've got, I've got a couple listeners of the show who actually live in my neighborhood <laughs> And they see me walking my 10,000 steps every single day. And that's a minimum. I can't go below 10,000. Uh, lately, it's been 12. I've been very much into 12. Even last night, I had to go walk around the block a couple times at like 1030 just to get break 12,000 so I could go to bed. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about the three things you can do today to lose, to release weight, right? We're not talking about losing weight. We're releasing weight. We're shedding weight and get healthy. Right, and then and again, there's a lot of mindset work we get to do- dove into about how you know you see yourself, how others see you, and how you're beautiful the way you are. And I want you to understand that you are beautiful. You are a beautiful, beautiful human, and, you, and it's just such a blessing that we all get to be on this planet. But me saying that doesn't mean that you're you're actually going to look at yourself in the min- in the mirror and be okay with someone 75 pounds heavier than you really want to be looking back at you. And so if you desire to release weight and get yourself into a healthier place, and I want that for you, I don't want you to struggle walking upstairs. I don't want you to struggle uh, getting winded, playing ball and catch with your dog. I want you to be able to chase around with your children. I want you to live a long, fruitful and healthy and happy life. And these three simple things will get you on that path. Drink more water. Number one, drink more water. Half a gallon to a full gallon every single day. That's 64 ounces to 128 ounces. I don't want to hear none of this. I don't like the taste of water. Water is boring. I don't, then chug it. You, you, you know what it's like to chug things. Just slam back a glass of freaking water. I don't understand for the life of me why people have such a pushback on water. 
it's it's water i get it, it doesn't always taste amazing that's it doesn't have to <laughs> it's water it's for you it's good for you drink the water so 64 to 128 a day and i it, them promise you them promise you a lot of the times when you think you're hungry what it is is that you're really dehydrated so in the morning before you have your coffee, put back a glass or two of water. If cold water isn't your repartee, then then get it out of the faucet at room temperature. Leave a gallon of water on the on the the kitchen counter overnight so it gets to room temperature. Whatever perceived barrier you're putting in front of you, release it and start to drink more water. Step two in my in my journey from February to June where I released the 35 pounds was I started walking 10,000 steps a day. I came across some random video right at the end of January when I was trying to figure out ways that I could I could release the the weight I had gained during COVID. And I came across some random YouTube video that was like, if you walk 10,000 steps a day and you do it consistently, you will lose a pound a week. And it started throwing out all these numbers. And I love numbers, right? You know, it's like, oh, this is, you know, you can burn 300 to 500 calories per day walking and three and 500 calories per day over a course of a week becomes 3,500 calories and a pound. And you burn a pound of fat when you a pound of fat is 3,500 calories. So if you can put yourself in a 3,500 calorie a week deficit, then you will lose a pound a week. That was their rationale. I thought, okay, let's do it. I did it. It started to work. By the end of February, I wanted more. So I added in some Insanity Max 30 off the Beachbody website. And then I really began to accelerate because now I was actually getting in some HIIT workouts. At the same time, I was walking 10,000 steps and I was eating at a caloric deficit. And I was being very mindful of, of how much I was eating. But I wasn't putting it into the app. And I wasn't weighing the food. And so while the body was going to be releasing weight because I was eating at such a deficit, I noticed that it wasn't working as fast as, as it could have been or as it did in the past because I wasn't actually keeping track of my calories in versus calories out. And I didn't even really get into doing that until the middle of April. So I, uh, when I came back from visiting my folks in Oklahoma, so I actually did the first 75 days just walking, doing HIIT workouts and eating what I thought was a pretty balanced diet. And I can, I've been doing this long enough. I can pretty much look at a plate of food and tell you how many calories are in it. But I really noticed that the shifts in the body started happening when I started to weigh the food and put it in the app. And, and to a T, every client that I have started with a set, I do not want to weigh food. I do not want to put it in the app. I don't know where this mindset came from, but they think that it's too restrictive. They think it's going to be too time consuming and they think it's going to be exhausting. And to a T, 30 days into it, they are loving it. It, like, it, is, it has become a game to them because when you do that, all of a sudden you realize, wow, I'm only 450 calories away from my goal today. I've hit my protein. Now I can pretty much eat whatever I want with these other 450 calories. I think I'm going to have some cookies. And you can do that. And you release weight. It will blow your mind. The nutrition industry is lied to us because that's why it's a billion-dollar industry. If everyone could just magically have the body that they've always desired and they could achieve it in a year, then the industry would die off. <laughs> so trust me, there is a lot of bad information coming out there from the nutrition and fitness industry, specifically to make sure that we don't achieve our goals so that we keep paying them for the frustrations we feel. <laughs> 
So walk 10,000 steps a day. If you look at your iPhone, and and most of them already have a health app on there that's tracking. If not, go get the Pedometer Plus Plus app or something. And then just start to notice how many you get naturally. And every day, add 250 steps. Every day, add an extra 150 steps. And before you know it, a month, two months down the road, you'll be getting 10,000 steps a day, and it will increase so many different areas of your life. I listen to more audiobooks now and podcasts. I call more people out of the clear blue I haven't talked to in a long time because I'm like, hey, I got 45 minutes of walking around in a circle. Let me call my buddy Rob in New York or let me call my buddy C in, in Oregon or let me call my sister or let me call my brother. All of a sudden you're walking and you might as well be walking and talking. So I call them cell phone walk and talks. And uh, I even take clients on walk and talks with me because I'm like, hey, why don't you put on your shoes and let's go for a walk and talk. And so they'll be in Indiana and I'm in California and together we're walking and talking. And it's awesome. Walking and talking and being healthy. Um, Eat more protein. It realistically cannot be done without protein shakes. And I love Dimatize. But realistically, you need to be eating a pound, uh, a gram of protein for every pound of body weight that you want to be and currently are. So right now I eat uh, 180 grams of protein a day because my ultimate goal is to be 180 pounds and and, and more muscle, even though I only currently weigh 161.8 pounds, which is my weight this morning. So, and right now I'm eating the calories for someone who wants to maintain a 160 pound body because I was eating at such a deficit for the last couple months in order to achieve 158 that I decided that I would spend the entire month of July just eating at maintenance calories for a 160-pound body. And then when we get into August, I'm going to start eating the calories for the maintenance of a 170-pound body. And that will allow me to start putting on some weight. I'll be eating enough protein uh, for a person who is 180 pounds. So I'll be able, and I'm working out four days a week. And they're very strenuous exercises, again, off of Beachbody. It's only like a 37-minute exercise. Like the first 18 minutes of it, it's weight training. The last part of it is some HIIT workouts. I love it. I'm already starting to see definitions show. And I've only been on it for four weeks. So... To me, it's like it's to me, it's just numbers. I love numbers. It's not math. This isn't algebra. This isn't trigonometry. This isn't geometry. You know, uh, Euclid's not going to come out of left field like the squirrel master, along with Pythagoras, you know, and Nostradamus or 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 or, or I don't know other math geniuses. <laughs> Pythagorean's theorem's going to show up. I know you. I know Euclid was some, was one of them. I don't think Nostradamus was a mathematician. I'm trying to think of the uh, Aristotle. I know that guy. He's not showing up to try to help you lose weight, <laughs> release weight, shed weight. He's not doing it, okay? These are just simple numbers, right? Can you add 4 plus 4? Can you take your, your current body weight and multiply it by 15 and then 12? That's your range that you'd be eating at to maintain that weight that you're currently at. If you're 180 and you want to be 160, then just take then then you don't want to go less than 500 calories a day, so just take your just take 170 by 12 and 15 and that becomes your window to start to release weight and get down to 170. And then just eat those calories for a month and you're going to get down to 170 in roughly 4 to 8 weeks. Right? It, it's so simple. I just I did literally just gave you the keys to the kingdom. I just blew up the entire health industry. 
my neighbors who think I might be the crazy dude who just keeps walking around in a circle, I've gone from 193 to 158, and now I've put on a, roughly about two pounds of muscle uh, over the last four weeks or so because I measure myself and everything, and I'm, it's it's insane. Look, I love this stuff. I could talk about this stuff till the freaking cows come home. Drink more water. Walk 10,000 steps a day. Eat one gram of protein for every uh, pound of body weight that you that you are either currently at or seeking to get to. Monitor your calories in and then your calories out, right? You want more help with this? You know how to find me. You want to do it on your own? I just gave you the keys to the kingdom. You don't. All you need to do is be find an accountability buddy or hold yourself accountable and just do it. If you're 180 and you want to be 160, multiply it. You know, again, you don't want to go down too low. You don't want to go from 180 to 160 in your calories because you might shut your your metabolism down. So you want to maintain a slow release, and it works. Nothing but time. You look, one day at a time works for our addiction recovery. Why doesn't one day at a time also work for our, our weight loss recovery? All of this stuff is achievable. Nothing I'm doing is impossible. I am not special. I am just uniquely Jesse. Nothing at all that you desire in your addiction recovery is unattainable. You just have to decide how important it actually is to you. And I'm going to close on that, right? Because I could sit here and tell you about 3,500 calories equals a pound. And, you know, and there, you know over 35,000 educational weight loss sites will claim that 3,500 calorie rule. And I could talk to you about taking your current weight, multiplying it by 12 and 15, and then your goal weight by 12 and 15, and then making sure that there's not more than a 500 calorie deficit. And I could sit here and, you know, swear by the merits of protein shakes and, and one gram of protein per body pound that you're seeking to attain or... And I could talk, you know, about oh, how delicious chicken and pork are and how much red meat you should you know, eat, but also monitor how much you're eating because you never want colon cancer. And I could talk to you about, you know, 10,000 steps. And I can definitely talk to you about how most of society doesn't drink enough water. I, I, I can talk to you all about it, parts of that I have talked to you about. What's important is that you find something that you can turn into sustainable for yourself. That you begin to create the life you want in your addiction recovery by every single day, making it a priority. One day at a time does work for our addiction recovery, just like one day at a time works for our nutrition recovery and our physical fitness recovery, our emotional intelligence recovery, our mental stability and mental acuity recovery. It all comes down to putting a prioritization on it each and every day and understanding that flexibility dictates that some days are better than others and being okay with that. What I see most happen in people who immediately would listen to this show or hear me talk about this or even call me on the phone is that they want to butt heads with me on are the numbers real? Is this real? Is that real? All blah, 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 blah. What I, what I notice in their language patterns the most is that they come from a place of impossibility because they've either tried it in the past or they're afraid if they do try it and it doesn't work for them that they have to suffer the rejection and the failure that comes from seeking a goal and then not attaining it. There is no failure. There is only feedback. Six months of sobriety and then you relapse, great feedback. 
Let's get back up on the horse. And in six months, you'll have another six months. You could just go right back to using every day. And in six months, your life will be probably shittier than it was the last time you quit. So you fall off the horse. With with nutrition, all right, it's, it's it's not alcohol and booze for some. And for others, it's worse than alcohol and booze. But it's just one meal. It's one day. What is your mindset around it? You can succeed. And, and even in your quote-unquote failures, it's just feedback. You figure out where your emotions triggered you to, to binge eat chips in the middle of the night. You figure out where your emotional awareness and, and your relationship management wasn't where it could have been in order for you not to go back to the booze or the drugs. Everything is just an opportunity for self-discovery. We don't seek to judge ourselves right or wrong. We seek to understand ourselves at a deeper level. This beautiful life that we're all a part of is a journey. There are ebbs and flows, just like the ocean. Sometimes it's high and sometimes it's low. We're 80% water. If the moon can affect the oceans, how much do you think the moon can affect us? This is why Danny Sue Muniz comes on the show and talks about astrology. Because a lot of that's moon, sun, star based. And we are all made of stars, as Moby would say. So be okay with the fact that it's all part of a learning journey. And don't beat yourself up. But if you start to instill drinking more water, walking more steps, and being more mindful of the healthy food you put in your body and releasing sugary snacks and sugary drinks from your nutrition habits, you will see changes. You will see changes. Whether you think those changes are happening fast or slow is all about your perspective and your perception of time and energy and money and people in your life. You choose to see your life as a success or you're choosing to see it as a failure. All the positive things I can say on these episodes will go in one ear and out the other. If you don't step into a space of personal responsibility immediately and realize that everything that's happening in your life, you've chosen it. I'm going to get some pushback on that. I didn't choose for my tire to go flat. You're right. There are those random Occam moments. Occam razor moments were like, no, Occam razor is about the thing that you think is the most... Anyways, chaos does arrive at some times. No one wants a flat tire. How you handle that flat tire is your choice. How prepared you are for that flat tire is your choice. You are constantly choosing. And if you immediately heard me say that everything that's happening in your life you chose and you want to start pushing back, I would ask you to take the first three things you thought about, write them down on a paper, and see how you could have chosen that path. See how you could choose to have prepared better for that path. And then see how you might now choose to handle that path differently now that you've brought this into your awareness. Everything is, it comes down to a choice somewhere or another. And if you want to push back and you want to deny that, what you're doing is you're taking yourself out of the seat of the creator and you're placing yourself into the seat of the victim. And the victim's seat is, is, is one of a lack of resourcefulness. There are no unresourceful people. There are only unresourceful states. You can step into becoming the most resourceful person you have ever been. And you can make the choice to do that every single day. And some days, if you stack those steps up enough, next thing you know, you're at 10,000. 
And before you know it, you're drinking a gallon of water a day. And before you know it, you're choosing healthy foods over sugary snacks and you don't even know why. It's just so habituated in your lifestyle. And before you know it, that seed that you planted today has blossomed into an amazing tree six months from now, 30 pounds lighter. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of my life and your life because we wake up sober. Shout out the sunshine. Glow on. I will see you next week. Bye-bye.